0: looking back at my life, what do I want to see? What was important in my life? What wasn't important? You often get consumed in like, I need to be more successful, I need to make more money, I need to work harder. But how many times have you heard someone in their later years looking back and saying, oh, I wish I had worked harder. No, I wish I had spent more time with family, with friends, connecting, doing the things that I love. Staying motivated takes work. If you don't work on your motivation, you become unmotivated. Join Umar Jang as he shares inspirational stories and tips to get you motivated to do whatever you need to do. This is the Motivational Voice Podcast. Hi,
1: everyone. Welcome to the Motivational Voice Podcast. This is session number 34. Happy New Year, by the way. May this new year bring you joy, prosperity, and health, and may you find the strength and courage to go after your dreams. There will come a time in your life when being successful will be the number one focus in your life, and during that time, you might find yourself consumed by your work because you're climbing the corporate ladder, you're creating and growing your business, you're working long hours and trying very hard to nail the career and business goals you set out to achieve. If that's the case, perhaps you've come to realize that your personal life is starting to be seriously impacted by your high achiever mindset. You know it's a problem but you don't quite know what to do about it. This, my friend, is the topic of today's discussion. My guess. Lisha Davidovitz is a success coach who works with high-achieving millennials on various topics related to life transitions, achievements, success, mindset, to name a few. In today's interview, we talk about how our ambitious pursuit can affect our personal life, and we also talk about what we can do to strike a balance between the two. Let's jump right into my conversation with Lisha. Lisha, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's, it's a pleasure to be here with you.
1: Yeah, the pleasure is mine. Thanks for coming on. Could you take a second and just introduce yourself to our listeners and let us know what you do and uh, who you are?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, as you said, my name is Leisha and I am a success coach for High Achieving Millennials. And I love working with individuals who are at points of transition in their lives. So they're stepping into something new and different. They have a history of success, but this is kind of shaking them on their foundation a bit. They're, you know, maybe getting married or moving in with someone, becoming new parents, stepping into a more senior role within their company, something that is important and is waking them up in the middle of the night or causing them stress and anxiety, and they're wanting to really have that success that they're used to. And so I support them in that journey and navigating the challenges, the uncertainties, and helping to set them up for even greater success than they otherwise would have in ways that are supportive and dynamic. And I also incorporate mental fitness. So it's not just the coaching, but it's helping them to overcome limiting beliefs, imposter syndrome, self-doubt, Things like that to bring out their creativity, positivity, laser focus, and, you know, just best, most powerful, awesome selves.
1: And when you say high achieving millennials, how do you define that?
0: So a high achiever, which I, you know, feel like I fit into that category, is someone who's really ambitious. They've got this drive. To, you know, to do things that are important and that they're self-motivated to really go after it, go after it hard and with enthusiasm and passion, determination. And so there's something that they aspire to and the flame is there. High achievers have a, a flame that's you know almost consistently there and sometimes it's spanned and it becomes bigger, but they're just really driven to succeed, to push themselves, to challenge themselves, to take on those challenges. And those are gifts that people have at times though, it becomes hard when they're doing something that all of a sudden creates some uncertainty. And so then there's a fear of failure. So when it's love for achieving, that's when it's at its brightest. When there's fear of failing because they want so much to succeed, they're used to succeeding. That's when they start to get stuck and to start to avoid or to get tripped up on themselves or to distract themselves with other things because they're avoiding this thing that is all of a sudden kind of daunting and scary. So it's people that just dream big, have big goals, big visions, and really go for it.
1: When I hear you say that, I can't help but think that there are people who are truly really hard on on themselves, that take no less than success you have this caricature that you see on tv shows where someone gets a an a minus and they're bummed and is there some aspect of people maybe being too hard on themselves and having an unrealistic expectation as to what it means to really be performing at your tip-top level and what that what that can do to to your confidence and your personality overall
0: Yeah, absolutely. It has huge repercussions. And this is something that I find very relatable for me. In my life, I would just, you know, go for these big goals and push myself because I wanted to make sure that I was successful. And it even you know, started when I was in elementary school and wanting to get first place in the science fair and making sure everything was perfect. I also have a perfectionist side. So as this high achiever having these high goals and it needed to be just right. Otherwise, I was going to compromise my chances for success. So there's tremendous pressure and that does have repercussions because for one's health for one's clarity and thought, people will often think, well, the harder that I work, the more likely I am to succeed. And that's actually a lie. Because when we're working hard, then we're burning ourselves out. And we're compromising our ability to think with clarity, with openness. Yeah, we can still be really successful. But imagine how much more successful one would be when you're just in that flow and doing what you love and being able to let go of some of that perfectionism, some of that self-imposed pressure, and even more so you're able to enjoy those successes even more. So many times high achievers and myself included, I'll do something and it's like, okay, great, did that. I just got certified. Great. On to the next thing. I don't even take time to celebrate. Wow. I just did that. It's like, nope, check the box success. Now it's on to the next success, on to the next challenge. So I'm not even enjoying and being in that pocket of what I did to savor that. So then you have these high achievers that aren't appreciating it, feeling like it's never enough because they're never getting, giving themselves the satisfaction, allowing them to soak it up and to embrace what they have accomplished. And high achievers, too. I found this a lot when I was working with managers. They would have this high achieving. And so it's all about climbing the social ladder, climbing the corporate ladder, not social, the corporate ladder. And I had this as well when I was working. I thought, okay, I'm a high achiever. I want to get to the top. So that means that I need to climb this corporate ladder. And I started realizing you know what? That's not really what I want. And it was very enlightening working with these managers and seeing they made it to management. To so them, that was a win. And then they realized, wait a minute, I, I don't want to be a manager.
1: Many of us go through life and uh, feel like there's a certain degree of, of achievement, of success that we need to achieve. And uh, you, you, you yourself talked about being being guilty of being a high achiever and to to a certain degree a perfectionist, did you have a, a specific experience in your life where something didn't go quite as planned, and and how did you adapt to that situation?
0: Yeah, so you know, in life there have been many cases where things haven't gone as planned. Um, you know, like especially when it comes to job searching, you know, looking for a specific role, then you know we don't get that opportunity or. Um, you know, relationships, things don't go as we would have liked. And what's beautiful about that, though, is that, you know, in my, my life, I I started to become more and more aware that with each situation, there were these gifts or opportunities that came about as a result of things not working out. And the first time that I learned that, um, I really realized that was Probably around high school. So being a high achiever in throughout school, I tended to get what I wanted and I tended to do well with my grades. So I had a track record for success. And so for the first time that I wasn't getting what I wanted as far as like certain grades or getting a certain role um, in like there was a color guard audition and I, you know, ended up not making it onto the team. And so there was disappointment there. And then with jobs later on, there was that disappointment. And I'm like, wait, what is this? Like I I thought I had it in me. If I want something, I'm going to go for it and I'm going to make it happen. And, you know, what's happening here? And so that was a big setback for me, having that track record. And that happens with a lot of individuals where they have this record for success. All of a sudden there's like this rejection or this failure. And so it either gets them down where they're like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to deal with this. I'm depressed now. Or in my case, there was that gift of eventually realizing, you know what? I can use this as an opportunity to gain knowledge, to gain awareness, to have more empathy for myself, to be inspired, to explore what do I need to learn in order to make things different, to Mm -hmm. look at if this wasn't right for me, can I go back and find out what was it? that made me not right for this position or for this opportunity and you learn. So there were gifts in that learning of, you know, what I could glean from those experiences, learning about myself and relationships as far as like, oh, I thought this person was right for me. And then they broke up with me. This is terrible. Like, you no, know, it's thinking about, well, you know what, actually... I was, in being this high achiever and a pleaser, I was pushing myself to be more of who I thought they wanted me to be, who they want in a partner, wasn't being my authentic self, and made me realize, you know what, they saw that, they saw there was that disconnect as much as I was trying to fit this fold. And so there were so many of those experiences that made me realize, oftentimes, for the sake of achieving, I was actually making myself someone other than my authentic self. I was trying to be someone that I wasn't truly authentically because I just wanted that thing. And even, and then I noticed too, there were opportunities I was going after such as color guard where once actually I auditioned again and I got the opportunity and I was like, yes, I got it. And then once that excitement wore off, I'm like, wait a minute, I don't even know if I really want this, I'm going to have to like show up all of these times and do all of this. And this is what it entails. Or even jobs too, where I'm like, I don't even know that I really wanted that I was going after things just for that kind of dopamine hit of like, yes, I got it, I achieved. So that can become like a drug that drive to achieve. And then when we don't get it, it can either get us down or drive us for learning. And in my case, it also drove me to be more introspective to really look at what am I doing? What cost am I, what's the price that I'm paying for achieving? Yeah. And how am I not honoring my authenticity? How am I trying to conform just so I can have even greater sense of achievement with things that don't even matter that as much to me as they should?
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I think in in society in general, we already have those, so, those social pressures, whether it's peer pressure or just keeping up with the Joneses or trying to to go for maybe a goal that necessarily doesn't fulfill you because you you think that when you achieve that that means success and success means happiness which doesn't necessarily equate. I think that's a that's a very good example. This topic is so interesting that we we're, we're talking about it a lot longer than than I expected, which is which is great. I may have to have you come back at some point in the future so we can dig deeper into your other expertise because I think it's really interesting and it's really apropos for my audience and, and people listening. What I wanted to ask you about was I know we've had a rough uh, year, rough 2020 to say the least. How do people start with a clean slate? What are some of the things that people can do to just have a better year or maybe start with a clean slate and and feel like they are actually doing something that matters to them?
0: Yeah. I one of the biggest things is to stop judging. Stop judging situations. Stop judging others, what they're doing, what they're not do- doing. Stop judging ourselves about how we're parenting with our kids still at home and with not being able to go back to work. I think there's just been so much judgment, especially of circumstances oh, you know, COVID is terrible. It's ruining my life. It's making this happen. It's making that happen. It's causing so much trauma. We get pulled into that and that pulls us down. And then it starts to bring in more negativity into our lives because we're irritated. And then if we're holding on to this irritated, you know, kind of, Physicality and emotion, then we're negative towards others in our lives in relationships. And you have more relationship challenges. And you know, then there's this trickle effect, and then there's guilt and there's shame. And so it's say just stop judging and stop waiting, waiting for things will get better when there's a vaccine. No why why wait until that happens that's judging the situation is this is bad and it can only be better when this happens when that happens so many times people say well you know i'll be happy when i can afford to buy a house i'll be happy when i can have a child and then they get that and then it's like well now i'll be happy when this happens and they're always like reaching for what the next thing is rather than being happy for what they have now there's so much talk about gratitude gratitude journals, and gratitude mindset, and and all of that. And that's important to the extent where it brings us to the present, to what's here, not what happened yesterday, not what's happening tomorrow, but what's right here. And when we ground ourselves in what's right here, we're actually engaging a different part of the brain. It's the stage part of the brain that has access to more positivity, more empathy, more patience, more curiosity. So instead of judging and saying, oh, this is so frustrating, then engaging that other region of the brain helps us say instead, hmm, I'm noticing some frustration coming up. What is that about? Okay, there's a value there as part of you know being like emotionally agile of saying like, I'm feeling this, what's going on, getting curious around it, saying there's a need that's not being met, there's a value that's not being honored and then tapping into that. And when we learn how to do that and we're mindful about practicing that, of feeling like, oh, I'm getting like worked up emotionally, my energy is a little bit tight, And intercepting that by saying, I'm going to do some deep breathing, take a moment to just focus on one sensation, which quiets that mental chatter in our minds, we're able to kind of come into that present moment and say, what's here? What are the gifts or opportunities with this challenge? what matters, what doesn't matter. And in that case, we can go forward with much better experiences in 2021. So it's really about not just what we're doing, what we're not doing, it's who we're being, who we're choosing to be, who we're choosing to not be, what we're saying yes to, what we're saying no to.
1: Yeah, I think there's a couple of things there that you mentioned. I think one was stop judging and you mentioned stop judging the situation. And my, my mind went to stop judging the situation? Is there also an aspect of of stop judging people or is that uh, separate?
0: Yeah, so we all have that inner judge That, you know, says the situation is bad or, oh, you know, that person is so rude. Or, you know, now with the masks on, how could that person be wearing a mask? How could they not be wearing a mask? And so it's judging others and judging ourselves of like, oh, how could I have flubbed that meeting? Oh my gosh, I yelled at my kids. I'm such a terrible parent. So it's that judge that has the three different tiers judge of others judge of self and judge of situations and an example for me where you know especially in the pandemic it's kind of like the pandemic can be our mental fitness trainer so i've had even more opportunities where the judge has come up where it's like oh my gosh this house is a mess again you know we're all under one group there's so much more activity time here so I'm like this house is a mess and i you know i feel hijacked because i've got that stickler side that perfectionist i like things neat and tidy everything that's placed and so i'm like oh There's the judge saying the situation is bad. And now I feel negative towards those that have caused it towards my children. And so then if I take it out on them, then it causes, you know, disruptions in the relationship. It makes them feel bad. So I have learned by strengthening that mental muscle to intercept it and to be like, okay, I'm noticing this. I'm going to do some repetitions on one sense. So sometimes it can be just like using my hand and you know going like this with my eyes closed just feeling my fingertips and the palm of my hand only focusing on that sensation. And it just quiets the mind it quiets the energy there are a lot that you can do visual repetitions like that and it's almost like a portal to meditation without having to like go to your meditation space for 20 minutes and meditate you can just be like okay i'm going to rub my fingertips together for 10 seconds three breaths is all it takes and that really really helps to calm things and to be more open and flexible and so then instead i will go to the kids and i'll say hey guys I'm noticing that there is just a big mess everywhere. What can we do about this? What are some ideas? Let's let's explore together. So I come to them with like, you know, curiosity, a willingness to explore rather than criticizing or condemning them, which just, you know, causes so much damage in our own emotions and in their relationships and in overall happiness.
1: Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> yeah. When you're talking about, the mindfulness aspect of it, which is that really rung to not only for me, but for what I see in, in many people that we tend to just push through things get harder. We push through because that's what people are telling us. That's what even quotes, you know, if you're going through hell, keep going, don't stop that kind of thing. And I think sometimes to your point, you just need to stop and be mindful and say, Why am I feeling this way? Why is it feeling like I'm getting worse and worse, whether it's uh, physical or emotional? Mm -hmm. Just be mindful and start paying attention to those. When I did this, this happened and made this worse. Or I think that's a very good point. And people sometimes don't have the the skill or don't even know that you can stop, even Mm -hmm. if it's in the middle of a fight or a rough situation, or you're frustrated by your children, to just stop and take a step back and quite often being quiet to your point for just 10 seconds can mm-hmm. make a world of difference because you ask yourself wait wait a minute what am I doing right now? why am I so aggravated yeah that's a very good point and 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 another thing you mentioned which was finding a way to ground yourself you were touching the your palm uh, something tactile whether it's uh touching your hand or personally I like to think of um now, when I was going through tough times, I spent time in a refugee camp. One thing that worked very well for me was to use what I, what I came to name anchor memories, which is I think of a sensation that is tied to a very strong emotion that could be a memory from my past that I had, so something that made, made me feel good, spending time with my dad when I was a kid and then bring that to the present. Anyway, I just wanted to, to touch on that because I think that's, that was a very good point and that's very important.
0: Memories are really powerful. And you can also, in addition to using memories and to using touch, you can also use sight, looking at you know, a tree with such like exquisite attention that you notice things that you've never noticed before, shades of color and texture, or listening to the farthest away sound, and then listening to the closest sound. Even with food, a lot of people you know, do this like Mealtime can be stressful. So just closing your eyes to block out other sensory experiences and just focusing on the taste and texture of the food. As a side note, it works really well for people that are trying to manage how much they eat because they're getting that much more out of each bite. And because they're quieting that stress, then they're no longer eating out of stress if that's the case. So it's actually helping to calm them. So there's less of a need to eat as much, and they're getting more joy out of the food and out of the companionship that they have if they're with others.
1: Great. Yeah, that's a very good point. I, I didn't think about that, but yeah, even food, because it touches the senses, that's a very good point. Yeah, so,
0: anywhere <laughs> yeah
1: absolutely so so stop judging what would be something else that people might want to consider doing to just again ground themselves or have a, have just a better better year get a better grasp on things
0: yeah you know a lot of times like you said we're just so busy and we're going 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 without thinking reflecting processing and so you know a strong recommendation is to really think about at the end of my life Looking back as my elder, wiser self, and healthy of mind and body, looking back at my life, what do I want to see? What was important in my life? What wasn't important? You often get consumed in, like, I need to be more successful, I need to make more money, I need to work harder. But how many times have you heard someone in their later years looking back and saying oh i wish i had worked harder no i wish i had spent more time with family with friends connecting doing the things that i love so now is the time to look forward into your elder wiser self healthy of mind and body and be able to consider what what do i want to see what type of life do i want to have lived What, what do i want to be able to say about that life here in this later years, who's with me? Who do I want to have by my side? Where do I want to be? So you kind of look at that, because what that does is it anchors you in values, it starts kind of helping you bubble up to the surface, what values are really important. And then you can take that into a shorter period coming back into your current self, you look forward a year from now, and what is going to matter most, and it puts things into a different perspective, because oftentimes looking with a meta view or looking more long term, then different things become important that in the immediate t- time we don't, you know, think are that important or we place much more importance on than they, you know, then they really matter. So taking that step back, giving yourself some spaciousness, and then looking at what values come up from that exploration. So that way you kind of are starting the year with this northern star. And with looking at what's fulfilling, what's going to be important, and then you can plan out, you know, that time and be more intentional in your mindset and in your choices that you make in the present.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a very good point. And I think I think there was a, I may be quoting this wrong, but there was a study that came out looking at what made people happy when it came to to money, and how much of it you should you should have to be quote-unquote, happy. And the study showed that if you were making 75000 a year, you basically reached the apex of happiness if happiness were to, was tied to money. And anything beyond that would not necessarily make you happier. So that goes to, to show that it's really a balance, right? A lot of the things that you mentioned about being grounded and, and being mindful and not judging, and you really have to kind of be really, Basically, analyze yourself for lack of a better term and understand what things change based on actions that you take and how they make you feel and what lessons you can learn to be a happier person, a more productive person. Is there anything else that you've noticed that uh, at least maybe for you worked better once you made that mindset shift into saying, you know, I'm going to maybe tweak something or change something that, that worked well for you or maybe some of the clients that you had?
0: Yeah. And, you know, speaking of with, you know, clients, what another way to help you work towards those goals of a, you know, a happier 2021 and, you know, the vision and fulfillment is working with a coach because sometimes it's hard to find the answers in ourselves. And for me, working with a coach was really instrumental in helping me learn more about what kinds of questions to ask myself, how to explore within myself in a more productive way. Starting with, you know, so many people know about values and values are important, but once you really start to kind of write down what those values are, why those matter, then that can help a lot. And so, you know, being supported is really important. Um, So I found that to be true for me being supported by my family saying, this is what I want to do. Will you hold me accountable to it? And so having those conversations, that dialogue and making sure those connections are strong. um, You know, you think about accountability. If you were to say, okay, I'm gonna become more healthy and I'm gonna go running at six in the morning every day. If you don't do it and you don't tell anyone, Who cares? It's not going to matter. But if you tell your next door neighbor, okay, every day at six o'clock, you're gonna see me running past your house. That morning when you wake up at five and you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to do it, then you're gonna be thinking, Oh, that neighbor is gonna call me out on it. And if I don't do it, I better show up and go for that run. So having an accountability partner that makes a big difference, whether it's a friend, family member, a coach, or all of the above. That's made a big difference for me. And other things that I've noticed, I've noticed just in my relationship being at home more we've had to do a lot of kind of redesigning of things and you know changing of routines and I've had to be more aware of myself I tend to have you know that kind of stickler and pleaser side so I was still going above and beyond working but also doing the meals for everyone and you know doing a lot of the like maintenance and the you know extra logistical things And then my husband, he's here before he'd be at work and he'd be gone all day and he couldn't do that stuff. But now he was here. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm now making dinner. This is the third meal that I've made today. And you're sitting doing your things like there's something that's not working. you know about this because now you're here and you can do it. So. I was realizing too, because of my pleaser, I was just like, okay, fine, I'll do it. If he wanted to do it, he would say it. But since he's not saying it, then, you know, I'll just do it. A pleaser goes above and beyond in doing things for others and doesn't always respect their boundaries. So the first thing I did was I was like, well, I'm not respecting my boundaries. And I noticed that because I'm feeling frustrated. So where are my boundaries? I had to figure that out within myself of, you know, what is important to me? How do I want things to be? And once I had clarity on that, then I was able to talk to him in again, a very open and positive way. So there was no like, when are you going to start pulling your weight around here? And when are you going to start doing stuff? And why are you helping me? Like, you know, you get nowhere with that. So it was like, hey, this is what I'm noticing about the situation. This is what I'm noticing within myself. How can we make some changes where our needs are met, and it feels like there's a little bit more equality here, a bit more balance? And so he has a controller, saboteur kind of side to him, and he's like, "Well, don't worry. If it gets too many, too much for you, then I'll just you know take care of it, and I'll I'll do you know what you need me to do." And I'm like. Well, no, that's not what I want either. So we had this whole conversation where he quieted that controller saboteur, I quieted my pleaser saboteur, and we came together in a really nice balance that's worked for several months now where we take turns. We both help with breakfast, I do lunch one day and then he does dinner that day. And then the next day, then um, we switch. So then I'll do lunch and he'll do dinner for, you know, for the family. And and there are days when I'm like, oh, I've got this meeting. It's my turn to do lunch. Can I do dinner instead? And so, you know, there's flexibility. But it's really designing with oneself what's important, respecting boundaries by first knowing what they are, and then communicating with the other person in a very open, curious, rounded positive way um, that's going to bring much more positive results.
1: Yeah, key, key skills, very key skills to any relationship, I think. And I'm, I'm I'm smiling throughout this because I've had similar conversations with my wife, too. And, and even last night, she was working on, on writing a grant, and she was frustrated that she couldn't think of what direction she wanted to take her summary I walk into the room and uh, she's immediately starts talking to me about it. And I could see that she's frustrated and uh, there isn't really much I can do to help. And I'm trying to jump in the shower, but anyway, long story short, she's like, "Uh, you know, you're not helping me. I'm like, okay, what do you want me to do? What do you need me to do? She's like, I don't know. You tell me. (laughs) Anyway. So the, it, turned out that all she wanted was bounce the ideas with someone else going back to your point of sometimes getting a coach or talking to someone who can help you just need someone to listen to you and direct you to the right door to open and then you get to step into that door by yourself and figure it out by yourself but you just needed that guide
0: Yeah, yeah exactly
1: now, Lisha, I know we're, we're short on time, but it, are there any final words or any final word that you wanna you wanna share?
0: Well, I would say you know as you go into twenty twenty one, really consider how do you want to show up in twenty twenty one as far as like your peak performance and your happiness and your relationships. And get really clear on that. That clarity is so important because then whatever comes next, you have that anchored in. This is why it's important. This is why it matters rather than just doing things that feel important in the moment. So having that time to really carefully consider and set yourself up for what you really want this year is going to help ensure that success, that happiness, and that fulfillment for an even better year and set the foundation for more better years to come.
1: Well said. Now, if people want to get in touch with you or contact you, what's the best way for them to do that?
0: So my website is coachlisha.com. It's L-I-S-H-A. I'm also on Instagram and Twitter at coach underscore Leisha. And I have a Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash coach Leisha. In addition, I have a YouTube channel. It's called Love from Leisha for an extra dose of love in your day. And I have um, almost a 100 episodes on there on my Coach Leisha YouTube channel. So I invite people to check that out. For those that are listening, then as an extension of appreciation, I'm happy to offer a complimentary success boosting session. So you can reach out to me on my website and schedule that. And if you let me know in the notes um, that you heard this podcast and you heard about me through it, then I'll throw in an extra special bonus for you.
1: That's awesome! Thank you for doing that.
0: Yeah, you're
1: welcome. I'll put that in the show notes, of course, so people can check out your your website and your YouTube channel, which I, I enjoyed looking at. You have a lot of videos, and and I like that they're in small bits and snippets that people can quickly watch them and and move move on with their day. So that that's great.
0: Thank great. you.
1: Well, Lisha, any final words before we sign off?
0: I want to thank you so much for having me as a guest on your podcast. It's been a pleasure to speak with you and to, you know, hopefully bring value to the listeners. So I love helping people to, you know, get to their goals. I've had my challenges with, you know, navigating all of these you know, different kind of saboteurs, the perfectionist, hyperachiever, um, the pleaser. And so I feel really strongly about helping others in their journeys. And I, I, appreciate opportunities to share.
1: Great. My pleasure. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. That was my interview with Alicia. I hope you can take some of these tips and apply them in your personal life. Listen, I am ambitious myself, and I believe that if you want to be successful, you need to figure out what you want, set goals, and go after those goals. But I would highly recommend that you do things in moderation. When you pursue success, you are going to inevitably trade your time and your physical presence with the promise of that success that you're after, especially in those early years. As you do that, it's very easy to lose sight of the things that are equally as important in life. I'm talking about your friends, your family, building relationships, and just having a balanced life and living your life. It's not healthy for you to just zero in on achievements and forget about everything else. You need to unplug, you need to relax and live a little. So I hope you take the tips that we shared in this episode and reassess your priorities in a way that allows you to do both, excel at work and shine at living your life. You can find the show notes for this episode on my website at umarjang.com forward slash session 34. That's session 34. By the way, if you have been listening to the show, but you haven't subscribed yet or you haven't rated it, I'd ask you to take a brief moment to subscribe, rate the show and share it with someone that you believe would enjoy listening to it. That would really mean a lot to me and to the show. Thank you for spending part of your day with me today and thank you for listening. Until next time, please stay safe and motivated. Goodbye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Motivational Voice Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate it on iTunes. Get show notes and the latest blog posts at omarjang.com.